This is RPG A Day Month with Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Day 16. Dramatic. Okay, we've broken the back then. We are over halfway through RPG A Day Month. And I've been really enjoying it personally. I, um, I didn't know beforehand whether I would have the resolve to go all the way through but now I know I will um not least because I've actually I'm, I'm kind of recording about five days ahead um because I I can't stop once I start I can't stop that's my problem oh, I'm such a drama queen and um yeah well obviously today's word is dramatic now I had some rather dramatic call-ins after my episode from a few weeks ago, role-playing is acting. Now, I deliberately made a provocative and, and not very reflective title. It was very definitive, saying role-playing is acting. There was no, it was brooking no, no um, quibbles. But of course, um, of course, I, I, I'm not so dogmatic, and in my episode I, I'm quite clear that, that whilst I find it hugely important to my experience, and a lot of my players do as well, it's not something that I enforce upon people. And I think, I think the, um, the headline rather buried the lead, as, as Che points out a bit later. But anyway, here's a few call-ins, and I'll be kind of responding to them as I go along. Hope you enjoy. Hey there, Andy. It's John from the Red Dice Stories. I've just been listening to your roleplay is acting episode. And to be fair, I don't think there was anything massively controversial in the episode, although I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I love doing the silly voices myself and trying to make the NPCs distinctive. But I've got some players who maybe don't enjoy that as much. And that's fine. There's no onus on them to throw themselves into it in that way if they don't want to, and they can still join in and participate the game in the game. So I've never really experienced a problem with it. You know, you do you. If you love the accents, like both myself and yourself seem to, go for that. Although I've only got a very small list of ones that I can do. But yeah, I enjoy trying to act out the NPCs myself. But by the same token. I just make it clear to my players that if they're not comfortable with that, they don't have to do it. So it's never really been a problem for me. Enjoy the episode, dude. Keep up the good work. I'll catch you soon. Like you, Andy, I am a bit partial to play acting in my RPGs. Often my favourite sessions are the ones where we've got some NPC interaction into the session. I've been able to... We've acted out a scene... Something like that. I mean, I did performing arts in school. Enjoyed it. Don't know if that's anything to do with it. But I've got to say, sometimes people that are, are not comfortable with doing that could do a little bit more about actually just playing their characters. I know there is a sort of two camps here. But there, there are, you know, I feel players that, almost just play themselves and the character she is might as well be uh, a beer mat for all, all the difference it makes to the game in terms of character. 
So when I've got a character sheet in front of me, it's it's just a few numbers and some bullet points, perhaps a list of equipment. I want to breathe life into it. If that means a funny voice or, or talking a little bit differently, a different pattern of speech, I'm going to try and do that. That's just me. I'm not so much interested in the nitty gritty of the rules and, and, and optimising, and staying alive. It's just telling a cool story. That's what I'm in it for. And as a DM, I want to breathe life into the world and a big cast of characters. That could mean I'm doing dodgy Indian or African or maybe even American accents. But it's not in a, in a bad way. I'm, I'm not making fun of these cultures. I'm just trying to have a, a wide representation of different folk. Hey Andy, Carl Rodriguez here. I don't have a podcast, but I listen to yours. Actually, I've been listening to the ones that I don't, I'm not a big fan of like uh, recording play sessions. It's just not me. I can't even watch YouTube videos of play. Um, however, I'm really enjoying your non-play podcast. I really like the uh, the voice one that you did. And um, it's kind of a really neat take. I like your examination, self-examination of using accents um, as a Hispanic. Um, it definitely is uh, something that hits close to home because they're always stereotypical Latino uh, and Mexican accents that are used in various games. Um, Traveler, I've always wanted to get Traveler to the table, and I agree, especially the Mongoose books are not. I'm going to have to leave another message. Hello, Andy. Uh I'm Saifa from the Saifa Fancy Crafting Podcast. I'm new to podcasting and I'm still trying to get used to this anchor messaging system. But I just want to say um, how much I enjoyed your recent episode 219, Role Playing is Acting. I think uh, I quite admire the fact that you've done that episode. I can see how you're going to get a bit of feedback on that. Uh, it's not something I think I would have um, did tackle myself in my own podcast. But I kind of agree with you. I like to do um, voices in uh, I, I don't really act but I, I do a bit of characterization and I think what you're saying I, I think there's a useful halfway house that people can use which Talison Jaffe uh, described in a recent interview with Sat well not recent but an interview with Satin Phoenix on um, Geek and Sundry uh, on GM Tips uh, okay so I'm coming up at the minute I'm going to have to do a second message so in the YouTube video, if you can get past Satin Phoenix's introduction, which frankly I think sounds a little bit bullying and a bit coercive, trying to get your players, suggesting to get your players to act in your games. I don't think anyone should be forced to do anything they don't really want to do at the table. And if they just want to play a more abstract narrative way of playing, I think that's perfectly fine and valid. But um, if you do want to add that bit of characterization and add to that sense of immersion, which I th which I agree with you is useful. Tallison just says he he cheats by picking three postures, high, middle and low, and then picking one of the characteristics from the seven dwarfs from Snow White. And then he can almost create a one le a sort of characterization on the fly for his NPCs using that method. Um, and I thought it was quite a good idea, and it, it means you don't have to stray into accents or culturally inappropriate voices or anything like that. Okay, I really find these anchor messages really restrictive and difficult to marshal your thoughts in them. But, um, yeah, so if you use that technique, you could say meet a shopkeeper and you could say have low posture, hunch posture with, say, grumpy 
and you could just have a, a shopkeeper that's sort of like, uh, what, what do you want? Are you here to buy? Are you just wasting time? Or you could perhaps have a shopkeeper say, high posture and sleepy, and you could have a shopkeeper like, oh, hello, are you here to browse? I'll be over here if you need me. So, something like that. So, you know, it's it's not really acting. It's just a one-dimensional characterization. It's just yourself through a single lens, a th- single character's lens. It's not really acting. And I think it's perhaps a good idea for people that want to try it but don't want to go the full acting hog. Uh, thank you for the episode. Really appreciate it. I'm running out of time again. Uh, take care. All the best. So there we go. Nothing controversial. Complete agreement. Case closed. We're all good. Yeah? Well, no, (laughs) not really. Uh, Yeah, seems like one person who I care about quite a lot did not take it very well, did not like what he was hearing. Hey Andy, it's Che, and... uh... I just about eight minutes and 25 seconds into your episode on um, role-playing is acting. And predictably enough, um, I'm, I don't think I can listen to the rest at the moment. I'm going to have to go away and calm myself down. And you're going to be laughing now. But I just want to say um, thank you for excluding me from your hobby. Um, because if you are going to sit at a table with me and insist that I uh, put on silly voices and... Don't hold on to my um, my fears about it. I'm I'm going to feel actually pressured, and um, I think actually these days. I mean, to be fair, these days I probably would join in, but that is a social pressure that, um, frankly, would mean I would probably not come back. Um, straight up. Uh, so I'm glad. I'm really hoping that in session zero you talk to all players about this and uh, make it really clear to them, so they can opt out before they even start. Uh, so that's my first thought. My second thought is that you've essentially excluded anybody who's a step-on-up player because uh, you made statements about how if you don't inhabit the role, if you take porn stance or author stance or uh, any of the other potential stances that people take in the way they role-play their character, that they're doing it wrong. Um, I think it's dangerous. I think um, you're veering into the whole story now is right territory, um, which is actually really what it is, is right for you. And I respect that. Um, I just think that um, insisting that uh, there's one way to play and it's right and best is... Uh, I get really uncomfortable with it, man. I'm really sorry. Um, it's it's really, really not where I want to be because I can play in that way and I have. I, and I play and I role play in character, in first person, with voices at times... But I feel it really depends on the type of game you're running and what the goal of the players is, frankly. Um, if I'm down in the dungeon and uh, we're just having a bit of a, a sort of Friday night bash, um, what's important to us when we're a step-on-up player is uh, beating the monsters, not deeply role-playing our character. Our character is a 2D cutout and a pawn on a board. And whilst you may feel there's no point to that, you might as well go and play a board game, uh, there are many of us who enjoy that. And have enjoyed that for 40 years. And then, on the other hand, there are some of us who feel that, um, you know, that the narrative story now approach to everything, which is really about railroading people and forcing them to do things, is, um, is kind of not their cup of tea. 
I just feel like, I guess you got the reaction you wanted, haven't you? You know, you've managed to provoke me to call in um, and uh, disagree. I had to take a deep breath before I added this bit, but um, it's what I feel right now and what I think. If you were to sit in a game in front of everybody at that table and turn to me and say, can you just do that in first person? You would honestly trigger every memory of being bullied I ever had in my life. That can you do it the way I want you to do it, please? Um, and I'm sorry, but I would walk. And um, I'm just going to say it because I just think, I don't think many people understand just how difficult what you're asking is for some people. Um, when it comes voluntarily, when it comes because it kind of flows from me and it's invited into the space, it is a wonderful thing. And I will do that. And players who have GM for will tell you that there are moments when I go full on into character with voices and everything. But it has to come naturally, man. All right. And uh, that's it. I'm, I'm going to shut up because I'm just going to piss you off. Game on. Well, wow. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I have spoken to Chase since several times since he left those messages but listening listening back to them now it really strikes home how how affected he was in such a negative way by well at least the first half of my podcast now i think he might have been selectively listening because i am pretty sure that i say several times that i would never force anyone to do this and he seems to interpret the way i talk about it as if i would be enforcing this that i would insist that everyone at my table acts in first person and that's simply not the case so shay i'm really sorry about that misunderstanding and that that what i said wasn't clear enough um i think i think you were reacting to my i guess provocative headline and and my lead-in and and you're you're absolutely right to feel that anyone that would do that anyone that would insist that at the table is is being um is being harmful, is being a bully. I, I am very, very conscious of the emotions and sensitivities of my players, not just around this, um, around all kinds of things. Um, you have to tread a very fine line when, when you're collaborating in this imaginary space that we create. There's all kinds of things that can go horribly wrong. And, and you also have to really step back sometimes and and not react in the moment to the way things are happening there's a very interesting thing i've noticed from listening back to my actual plays is that sometimes i'll be really agitated in the moment as i'm running the game over something it could be uh, just the an endless series of interruptions that are breaking the flow it could be um it could be something just really offhand said by a player it could be um you know I guess, behavior or character that, that I find problematic, you know, uh, for instance, you know, constantly or immediately resorting to violence to solve any solution. Um, it could be argument, uh, you know, arguments, you know, whatever. Um, it could be tension between two other players. And the weird thing is, when I listen back, I don't hear any of that. <laughs> I just hear us all playing the game. So it's a really instructive lesson to to be conscious of what you're feeling, not to not to pack it away, but but not to over um, emphasize it or um, or believe it's going to somehow emanate outwards and, and kind of affect everyone else in the same way as, as you're feeling it inside so um, 
yeah, <laughs> maybe I should uh, also be conscious of that when I'm when I'm putting together my my Grizzly Peaks episodes. That sometimes the things I say might have an effect on people that they're not intended to. <sighs> One thing I do know is that I will always act up. <laughs> um, it's part of my enjoyment of gaming. Um, I'd love if people come along with a ride for me and um, maybe I'll play a little clip or some clips at the end that I think are good you know, examples of that from, from the games that I've run. And um, you'll see how bad my acting really is, I suppose. Um, I was thinking of putting together a compilation of my terrible accents, but that'll just take too long because <laughs> there's way too many of them. Anyway, to get back to, the, to Che, he, he did carry on listening, actually. Hey, it's uh, me. I'm just about to head out to the car, drive to work. I thought I'd listen to the rest of the uh, episode on the way. So I wanted to call and just let you know I was doing that. Uh, I didn't want you to think that somehow I would uh, I would not listen through. I'm, I'm expecting there to be lots of really good stuff in there, lots of good advice, um, because that's what you normally do, man. And I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I want to discover more about how to do acting in gaming and kind of tips around that and reasons why that might be a good idea. I guess what I was reacting against really strongly, and it was a reaction for which I apologise, um, what I was reacting against is this lack of acceptance for who I am. If I turn up to a game table and I don't want to do that or I don't have the energy for that, because frankly it takes energy, uh, I felt like yeah, you know you would be pushing me away. And, um, and that would be really sad uh, for me. That would be really damaging for me. And uh, I wanted to say so, really. Anyway, I've got to go listen. See you later, man. Uh, all the best. Game on. Andy, it's Che. I've literally pulled my car over to call you, having finished your episode on acting as role-playing, or whatever it is it's called, and um, I'm really confused as to why you led with the horrible bit about how everybody must act in gaming, and why you didn't lead with the awesome, I mean immensely awesome, set of advice and reasoning and thought about how acting can really add to immersion the other world immersion that we are all seeking well at least what i'm seeking because you know the danger here is us always generalizing that what we want is what everyone wants right that part of that episode was just absolutely brilliant and um i just wanted to say thank you for it it was really good um but what i don't get is that why on earth you buried the lead because you did you buried the lead man you have so much good advice to give and so many thoughtful thoughts um it's awesome. I was especially pleased and, and interested in what he had to say about playing uh, those sort of stereotypical trope roles like Egyptians that are outside of our culture um, or the culture you come from, I guess. So for me, uh, being white European, um, essentially, you know, those things are really uncomfortable for me. And I really don't like doing that sort of stuff. That would certainly be an area of, of doing accents and, and voices that I would really shy away from because I would just feel like I was... I was being racist and I don't want to be you know I, I don't see people as different because of their skin color I mean obviously physically there is a difference but I don't see them as any less human and you know there's just humanity we are just one species right and um and I always feel like that is undermined when I try to do you know some bizarre accent from another culture that is really not my own and I'm even shy of, of French and German accents, actually. I, I can get away with German because I'm from there, I guess. Like I was born there. 
But I was very encouraged by what you had to say on that. Um, the idea that you would research it, you'd find something out, you maybe look for those phrases as well. I mean, you're absolutely right to take the Islamic phrase if you're in a, you know, a, you know, a sort of modern world. But it also made me really think about, like, um, in a fantasy game, you know, where you're not, you know, emulating the real world, in inverted commas. Um, I think that, you know, we are then, uh, uh, we can shy away from all that stuff, can't we? We can leave that stuff out if we're not comfortable with it. But I guess it's another point of conversation with my players, isn't it? To sort of have this conversation about how are we on acting? Where are we on acting? And um, and then where are we on accents and other things like that? You know, do we feel it's racist or not to, to sort of use certain accents? So I think it's a great discussion, man. I really appreciated it. And I just really, really wanted to... Um, to tell you, you know, massively wanted to tell you. I'm, I'm so hoping this is recording through the phone and not through the car. Anyway, I hope that's okay. Um, I hope you didn't mind my earlier calls and game on. So that's what real friendship is about. It seems funny to say that about someone I've never met and probably will never meet. Maybe. <laughs> but I do feel like we're friends. And, and, I, and I not think, I know, because he was willing to give me a chance, even though I was stirring up all kinds of bad feelings inside him and and I, and I perfectly allow him to to feel that way about things I've said without without judging him. So, yeah, <laughs> we made up. And who knows? Maybe maybe we'll we'll one day play together, and we'll discover all these other ways in which we can agree or disagree with each other. So look, I, I I've dug up a few little clips. You can you can skip this bit if you hate the actual plays. I'll try and make it really short. It's already a very long episode, I know, with all the call-ins. But um, here are some of my acting highlights from my highlights reel. Well, not just me, my players as well. Um, and it's moments when we've we've gone fully in. We've we've thrown off any shackles of inhibition or embarrassment and just gone for it. I like this stuff, to be honest. Anyway, I'll catch you tomorrow. Steve is like lying on the on the hood, um, <laughs> just like lying back on the hood, like cool. smoking smoking a reefer, um, with his top off, uh, smoking a reefer, covered in baby oil. <laughs> no, no, he's no, in the shade. no, you do that to tan in the eighties. No, but yeah. he's in the shade because it's, oh, okay. it's too bloody hot. Uh, no, there he is. It so is baking cool. cool. And he's he's getting, <laughs> cool. he's getting baked. He's getting baked on the hood of his Camaro. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, yo, Steve. <laughs> yo, TJ. <laughs> TJ, little man. Hey, what you? What's up? And we go and we have like a really elaborate handshake. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of you are kind it. of in awe. The rest of you are kind of in awe of this like. Oh, he knows. He knows an ad, like a cool adult. <laughs> it all, yeah, I, I, I'm I sure Danny sees right through it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Yo, man, um, what's popping? What's popping? Uh, you know, man, popping is popping, <laughs> same as you. <laughs> you know, I'm always popping like that. This, this hey, conversation uh, would be this painful with you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, you know, you don't want me to hook you up. Just let me know. You know, I, I know you got that stuff but believe me it's it it helps mellow mellow out all those harsh all that harshness you know uh, yeah <laughs> i like don't know what i was like yeah looks cool <laughs> uh once again i look over and go you know that stuff will give you cancer right <laughs> <laughs> tj who's this dweeb oh he's just uh he's a friend of mine that 
<laughs> doesn't pee his pants <laughs> at all. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> but uh, hey, man. Uh, so we need to get into the library. <laughs> oh, you do, do you? <laughs> uh, you you want to get you want to uh, be uh, having a look at those uh, National Geographic's? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Oh, I forgot that was a thing. You know, I, that was, that you know, was totally a thing. That was totally <laughs> a thing. You know, uh, you know, I got a stash in my boot if you want that kind of uh, material. <laughs> Dude, Steve, I know you're fuck. I know you're crushing it. Steve, I know you're always crushing it, man. I respect that, but this is a uh, it's a matter of great importance. Like, I'm just looking at Claire. The nerds. The nerds tell me that whatever we need is in the library and it's going to, like, save lives. Oh, TJ, TJ, don't you ever learn? You're not going to get anything from reading books. Look at me. I already know that. Look at me. I never read a book. (laughs) Turns out Gavigan knew what they were. What did he say? Who the fuck are they? He said, um... He, he told me he, he set something on him, like one of these beasties. Oh, I didn't I didn't like to ask too much, but he said he 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 set one of his beasties on him. Ah, it's all a bit weird, a bit fucking weird, if you ask me. Well, I no, don't even say the bloody thing. Like he set one of their beasties on him. He said uh, he said um, he thinks they're probably dead. But uh, we should keep our eyes open just in case. He says no one usually gets away from this particular beastie. What do you mean, a beastie? A fucking beastie. beastie. I don't know. Something fucking weird. Look, there's only like Nessie. That's the only beast that I know of. I was in the lake. Like the. Oh, the loch there? In the loch, yeah, in the loch. Well, Nessie. Oh, don't be fucking daft. He says, what is your name, little man? Mark is a with two bees. Again. <laughs> yeah. Come, come for a drink of vodka. You want drink vodka? Yeah. Come, come with us. And the two meaty guys, they put their arms around you and they say, you come drink vodka, little man. We show you how the true Russian drinks. I think it's going to be a very informative lesson. I do enjoy me a little bit of the alcohol. So long as it comes in a bag. So, so they, they escort you along the uh, towards their cabin and they say, uh, and the count says, you like vodka? Indeed I do, good sir. I haven't been an alcohol I didn't like. Ha ha ha, you, maybe you have a bit of Russian in you. <laughs> uh, but uh, Mr. Mr. Abate, you tell me, you tell me, why you be standing near trash shoot? You, uh, have plenty of uh, trash to throw away. <laughs> okay, what happened was, you see, I, I actually, it, what happened was I actually got a shuriken into my hand. I was struggling <laughs> for, for the talent show, and I got one stuck in my hand, and I had to get a, a bag, I had to get like some towels to like wipe off the blood, and it was just really gross, and I had to like throw those down in the trash chute because people are gonna look at me weird if I'm carrying around a big bloody towel uh, and a bunch of shurikens, and a I just had to throw that out, you know? It would smell terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting. You weren't, uh, I want to make sure you weren't uh, trying to see what we were putting on trash. 
Oh, no, I, I'm not a voyeur like that. I would never spy on people. Because it's easy to accumulate all kinds of things one doesn't want on a long voyage, and then one must uh, throw them in the trash. Yeah, yeah I understand this. Yeah. The, the, the progression, the circle of material objects. No, no. Have more vodka. Yeah. More vodka. So let's start um, Maybelline. So I'm, I'm talking to a, uh, my cousin. So, and I'm, I'm telling her about how all these people are excited about the, these these toys, but I don't even think it's that big a deal because, like, I, I don't know, toy. These aren't really toys that do much to anything. And like, I like things that like actually do something. And there's like real robots out there, and these ain't real robots. These are toys. And then also, then also convoy. They, they use the term convoy, and I think that's like a ripoff because my grandma, she has convoy on Betamax, and I watched it damn near 50 times. <laughs> and and Chris Christopherson's a god in that movie, and they, there's ain't no comparison, so I don't need no toy convoy. So, so, so what, what's, I don't even think it's that big a deal, and, and my mammy would grow, roll over in her grave <laughs> if she knew that people were getting so excited about some damn plastic toys. What, what's, your, <laughs> what's, great. what's your cousin's name? Chrissy Lynn. Chrissy Lynn. So Chrissy Lynn. You know. She says, oh, Maybelline, you're you're so silly. You ain't ever going to build no robot. You got ideas above your station, girl. I didn't say I was going to build one, Chrissy Lynn. I just said (laughs) that these are silly. These toys. And it's for playing, and I don't play. I don't play, Chrissy Lynn. I'm here to win. You're just strange in the head. Everyone always said that about you, Maybelline. Look, I know everyone talks about my big forehead, and I know Daddy says that's the reason I killed Mama in childbirth, but that ain't my fault. And he said there's silver lining because she would have been so torn up down there, it wouldn't have been worth nothing anyway. Well, Maybelline, I don't think I got anything more to say to you. I'm going to go anyway, and you're just going to be a loser who ain't going to get no deceiver or no convoy. 